0: Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Amen. I have such a different message today. Um I did not know how to I don't know how to really to start this message as I was going through um, one, one of the things I started doing with the New Year's, I'm just going to read straight through all the Gospels, not for a year, but I just want to read all four Gospels just back to back to back and just really pick up on all the things Jesus is saying, right? And so um, as I got to chapter 3 and this one passage of Scripture just grabbed me and, and just stuck out to me, next week I know what I'm preaching on, I'm preaching on what it means to be spiritual This week I'm going to preach on the idea of the harvest, or the idea of from the wheat field to somebody's mouth, where they are tasting of the bread. And I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you because I think this answers some questions. Now let's just be, let's just be kind of real, by the way, how many of y'all like my coffee? What is it? I like my coffee, I don't even know what it is, but. Somebody showed up for church last week and came in with a couple of these and I was like, do not come to church without bringing a gift for the pastor. So this week they came with a gift for the pastor and to them we say, God bless you. <laughs> so it's going to sit right here so that the unnamed people who are sitting in this section may, may be honored today <laughs> by the coffee. Anyway, um, but um, but the idea is that In my opinion, this is what I think, 2020 happened, yeah? And when 2020 happened, this message is kind of, it it is specific to our church, but I think it kind of goes to the church abroad, especially in in America, especially in the West. I want to talk about when 2020 happened, it wasn't just a crisis of of a, a, a disease. It wasn't just physical but how many of y'all recognize something spiritually changed? Does that make sense? And most, if not everything, is different. It wasn't just a, a physical attack. It was a spiritual attack, I believe, on the whole world. Amen? And it was this shift that happened, this, this thing that happened. And, and uh, kind of one of the things that, that this scripture, and kind of one of the things is I was in Whataburger the other day, and uh, how many of have been to Whataburger yet? Okay, don't go there too many times. It'll expand your waistline. But um, I was at Whataburger the other day, and I was eating with some folks. And this, this older gentleman walked in the door, and as soon as I saw him, man, my heart leapt, And I stood up, and I went and gave him a big old hug. And people were with me like, what are you doing hugging old people, right? And so, and uh, this man, um, he, was one of the, he was one of the men at Camden for assembly whenever I was at Camden before I, we came to El Dorado. And this man loved me. This man was so good to me. He would take me hunting, and he and, and one day I was sitting in the living room just messing around at the house on like a Saturday, and the door rang, and he's standing outside the door, and I opened the door, and he's got this old lever-action 3030. and he says, "If if you'll go hunt with me, I'll give you this rifle." I didn't have. I mean, we, I didn't have anything, and I was like. Sweet. It was like a lever action that had the ejection port where the bullet came out the top and not the side. And so he had a side-mounted scope on it. It was really, really cool. And I still got that rifle. And anyway, I haven't seen him in years. And he he comes into to Whataburger the other day and I hug his neck and I'm catching up with him. And uh him and his his wife has been at Cartai. And so I just I, I prayed for him there and uh, asked him how the church at Camden was doing. And this is what he said. He said, When Corona, you know, whatever, I call it Rona, but when Corona had happened, it seemed like everything changed. (laughs) That's what he said. It seemed like everything changed. And he's not just talking about church attendance or the number of people that come to church. It seems like the the attitude of the nation or people or the spirit of the nation or people uh, uh, just seems like so much much has changed, right? And I want to talk about this. I want to talk about what has changed, what has happened, and where we are now. This is very much a prophetic message So let's read the scripture Before I do that I want to ask this question When you think of the scriptures describing the image of Jesus Christ what do you think of When you think of the scriptures this is what Jesus looks like this is a this is a physical uh, our, our description of what he's doing, what do you think of? Somebody raise your hand and answer the question. Somebody raise your hand and answer the question. What is Jesus? What do you remember, right? Somebody's going to say, Revelation, right? He's riding a white horse. There's fire in his eyes. There's a sword coming out of his mouth, right? Could anybody, anybody remember that? Okay, all right. Is is everybody awake out there? All right, you seem like that. If we think of the scripture, what is a description of Jesus? I, I'm going to answer that question just a second. Let's read chapter three, verse one. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Make ready or straight the way of the Lord. Make his, make his path straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him. And all Judea and all the district around the Jordan. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. So we have this revival of repentance where baptism is happening. And all the, not just Jerusalem, Judea, the, the whole area is traveling out to the desert to the man in camel skin. And they're being baptized by him and they're turning from their sins and repentance. Somebody say amen. amen. So there's revival. Okay. Verse um, 7. But he, John, when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, everybody say religion. religion. When he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Verse 8, therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, if you've come to a baptism of repentance, we better see the evidence. Either you're just piggybacking on what God's doing as a religious system and trying to get your piece of the pie, or you're here because your heart is really turning to God, and and we better see the fruit with keeping of repentance, right? So this is what he says to this religious, religious establishment. Therefore, bear fruit, keeping with repentance, verse 9 do not suppose that you can say to yourselves essentially we're privileged right our father is Abraham for I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham and this is what he says to this religious system that wants to piggyback off the moves of God it better be for real If not, God will raise up for himself whoever he wants to raise up. And this is what God's doing. I'm laying an ax to the root of this tree. The ax is already laid at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit, fruit of repentance, is cut down and thrown into the fire. And as for me, John's saying this. As for me, I baptize with water for repentance, but he capital H Jesus who is coming after me is mightier than I and I am not fit to remove his sandals he I'm gonna talk about this next week will baptize you with the Holy Ghost with Holy Spirit and with fire what does it mean to be spiritual and verse 12 is where I want to hang my hat today verse 12 is what I want to talk about I asked you what is an image of Jesus this is before he's even baptized, before he goes into the wilderness, before he starts his public ministry. We just got through celebrating Christmas, right? We just got through celebrating the birth of Christ. And in the story, we're at chapter three, the beginning of chapter three. Jesus has been born, He's grown up as a child, and this is one of the first um, descriptions of who Jesus is. we get out of the scripture. Yet one of the least, if ever, talked about descriptions of Jesus we ever talk about. And there's this law in Scripture, and there's this law in, uh, in interpreting Scripture, the law of first mention. And it's, what's, what's, what's interesting is one of the first descriptions of the man Christ is him standing there, his winnowing fork is in his hand. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will thoroughly clear his threshing floor and he will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Listen to me, one of the first descriptions we get of Jesus. If I say to you in this room, describe Jesus to me, this is probably the one that never gets mentioned. Am I right? You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Nobody's saying, you're fine. You people are so nervous. Ethan wouldn't leave me alone for like a week about the sword sermon the other day. It's cool, man. I'm going to sift you. All right. So if I said to you, describe for me Jesus, what does Jesus look like? Oh man, he's got fire in his eyes. He's got a sword coming out of his mouth. He's the groom, right? He's the king. He's the, we can go down this list, but I'm telling you, way, way, way down that list are we gonna go. He's the one holding the winnowing fork. He's the one who's going to take the harvest and gonna separate it. And he's the one who's, who, who, th- the first thing we learn about Jesus, he's very worthy. Yes. He's so worthy, I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. He baptizes with fire. And number three, he harvests and he separates. And he, he has the winnowing fork in his hand. If I said to you, what's in his hand, we would say a sword. But really the sword not in his hand, it's out of his. If I say to you, what's in Jesus' hand, the answer is this right here. A winnowing fork. Are y'all with me? Yes. And not. And again, I say this one more time. This is one of the first descriptions of Jesus. This is this is important. John's saying to the to the religious, especially to this religious group of Sadducees and Pharisees. One of the first things you need to understand, religious, is he's come with the winnowing fork in his hand, and he's going to separate. Does that make sense? And I can go throughout the entire. I can go throughout several scriptures where Jesus comes and he separates and he winnows, okay? So the idea, I'm going to talk to you about through the process of what it looks like when the wheat is in the field and all the way to when bread is made in the oven. This is a very visual, uh, symbolic message, and I want to talk to you about why I feel like the need to talk about this right now. If I, my, my opinion is, what I'm saying that the Lord is saying to me is in 2020, Jesus with the winnowing fork showed up. Am I making any sense to anybody? And for the last almost three years, it's been a process of being threshed, winnowed, and I'm not sure how you say this word correctly, sived or seed, or I'm going to say sifted. Yes. Make sense? And for the last three years, how many of y'all felt the process? Threshed, winnowed, and sifted. Say with me. Threshed, winnowed, and sifted. And it seems like this process has been going like, and how many of y'all said, when will this be over? When are we done with this? And I'm telling you, for the last three years, I feel like we have been sifted. And spoiler alert, I feel like we have been sifted and threshed and winnowed to the point we're now able to be turned into bread. Oh, I think I broke it. That's cool. All right, so let's talk about it. First thing they would do, I'm not going to talk a lot about this. They'd go out into the harvest field, and they would gather the wheat a matter of fact, if there was wheat or tares with this wheat, they would gather it all the same. How I many of you don't know your Bible? Because if they tried to go in and pull the weed or pull the tares, it might damage the wheat as well. So they would gather the wheat along with all that stuff. Stuff that grew up with the wheat. They would take it to the threshing floor and they would just lay it, they would spread it out all over the threshing floor. Now, the idea of a threshing floor is as old as Genesis is. It makes sense. It's as old as the scripture is. It's mentioned in Job, the oldest book of the Bible. The idea that God uses a symbolism of going through a threshing process. Wheat was gathered and it must be threshed. How the wheat was threshed was they would take the wheat they would take all, like I said, all that stuff: the wheat, all the tares, all the weeds. The wheat is in the stalk, right? It's on, the, it's on, it's on the. Uh, the this, uh, they would cut it off at the ground. It's, it's this high. They take that whole bundle, spread it out over the floor, and then what they would do is they would have two, or, you know, it depends on how much money you had. First of all, you could take a a, a rod or something, you could walk up there, and you just beat it. And you just walk around, and you just beat the wheat, and you just beat it, beat it, beat it. By the way, uh, Jesus was thrust. Anyway, another sermon for another day. You just beat the wheat, and you beat it, and and your point is you need to separate those wheat kernels from the stalk. From the uh, from the little pod there, you need to, it needs to be separated from the weeds and everything else that was gathered. And you would beat and you that was that was the, really the poor man's way of doing it. If you had a little bit of money and you were able to farm and you could afford some oxen, then you were really doing good. And what they would have is they would have oxen and they would have a guy drive these oxen and he would just walk them back and forth all over the wheat and he would just and the oxen's job was to walk on the wheat and to crush it. And the crushing separated. The crushing separated what was useful to the kingdom from what was not useful. To a point. And you would just, and you would, this process would go on for days and days and days. And you would just, the oxen would walk and the oxen would crush and underneath the foot, uh, it would be crushed and it would crush and it was crushed. It was also interesting that I believe uh, Hosea, no, I don't remember who, somebody prophesied a long time ago, don't muzzle the ox while it's on the threshing floor. The idea is that the ox, would, if you muzzle the ox, it can't eat while it's doing this hard work. And you don't want to do that. And Timothy used that as an example. Uh, anyways. But that's where all this imagery comes from. It's like you don't uh, muzzle the ox. So it, it can, it can, he, he would, the ox would bend over and he would give him a bite of wheat. And he would just chew on that wheat. And he would just continue to walk in this big threshing floor. And every time he's walking, he's crushing wheat. And it's separating the good kernel of wheat from the stock. Does that make sense? And if you were really, really rich, they had this specialized sled type thing that they could pull behind ox, and it would do it even faster, okay? And so, but that was the threshing process. And how many of y'all have felt like, as an individual, as a church, as a nation, as the church abroad, how many of y'all felt like in 2020 when Rona hit, there was a crushing process that happened? How many are following with me this morning? Okay, I'm making sense to you, okay? And the crushing started to happen, and we don't like the crushing. Not fun. We don't enjoy the process, but it is doing something that is absolutely necessary. Somebody say, "Amen." So you, the, the ox would crush, and you would get to that where it just started being just this big jumbled mess. And so what they would do is they would take and they would you know a broom or whatever and they would they would sweep it all up into a pile, and and now you're in the you're in the months of like April and May and and uh, the wind would start picking up in the evening time, and so that's why whenever I, uh, Naomi told uh, Ruth told Naomi to go look for Boaz in the evening at the threshing floor because that's where he'd be in the evening time because what they would do is you'd have this big pile of stuff. You'd have stalk, you'd have uh, weeds, you'd have grain, right? Wheat grain. And and you'd get a fork, something like this, probably not, uh, probably wooden uh, fingers and stuff. And you would just stand there in the evening when the wind was blowing. I've had people prophesy this in the last six months that the wind of God was blowing. Let me tell you why I think the wind of God was blowing because God is separating. You would take that. You'd take that winnowing fork. You get underneath there, and you would just pick a big old pile and just shove it up in the air. Just fly them and I really wanted to get a big old thing of hay and bring it in here today and show you. But how many of y'all would be sneezing like crazy if I did? that? Okay, so I, I thought. I thought more of you. you know, okay. So. So. But the point is, they would just take this winnowing fork with this, with the wind blowing on those on those breezy after, spring afternoons. They would grab it, throw it up in the air, and the wind would blow, and it would separate the grain, the the, the, the grain would fall to the ground while the lighter stalks and stuff that had been dried out and crushed would be blown to the side. You with me? How many have felt like as soon as the crushing, Siri, you're driving me nuts. When when uh how many of y'all have felt like, well, as soon as the crushing kind of let up? praise God, this must be over for a while. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And now you are, well, I don't feel crushed anymore, but guess what? I feel like my life is being tossed up in the air. Anybody? Yep. Okay, and so, and so the crushing happens, and just when we think that's over, all of a sudden, boom, we're being tossed around. Right? You see what I'm saying? Y'all get it? Can I do better? I mean, just, I mean, as soon as you hit the ground, okay, maybe it's over. No. Word, wait, wait, wait. You see what I'm saying? Like, and there's this process. And, and man, when we got tired of the crushing, now we got tired of being tossed around. Y'all with me? And so the, the, the crushing happened, the threshing happened, the winnowing happened, and look at me, look at me. Jesus is the one with the winnowing fork. A lot of stuff's been blamed on the devil, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, but a lot of stuff's been blamed on the devil, but a lot of it was Christ come and purifying something useful to his kingdom. I don't know if Jesus, it's literally the first Description of Jesus we get even before his public ministry is the guy who comes and with a winnowing fork in his hand and will everybody say that word before clear? <laughs> How many of y'all are like, I'm thoroughly enough, Jesus? You are very, Jesus is very thorough. Amen? He will. Th- thoroughly clear his threshing floor. And the process of clearing the threshing floor is to do this to the point where you have distinguishable and noticeable differences of piles. There's grain. There is all the other stuff. Now, we've got these separate piles. What you would do now is you would gather the grain you would you would sweep it up you would gather it you put it in these baskets or these or these bags or whatever and you would put that into the, and you would go store it in the barn. That's what he does. He gathers wheat into the barn. All right, and then he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I'm getting there. So now you have these bags or these baskets of of wheat. Usable, almost usable wheat. You with me? And and what's the point of having wheat? Somebody say it real loud. Make bread. Bread. Uh, there's a reason Jesus had to say, "Man did not live on bread alone," because man ate predominantly in that era a lot of bread and a lot of meat, right? And so, but meat was harder to come by than than wheat and bread, and so they ate a lot, a lot of bread. So carbs are of the Lord. Somebody say, "Amen." amen. Okay, praise God. Sipping this sugary coffee. So the whole goal is to go from the wheat field into somebody's mouth to give them sustenance, give them life. I mean, there's this crazy thought of bread of life. Right? That they that we would that the world or the eater of the bread would taste and see that the Amen? So there's this process. There's this process where you go from the wheat field, you're cut down, you're gathered, you're trampled, you're threshed, you're thrown into the air, you're, 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 uh, you're winnowed, and now you're in a bag and you're stored in the barn. And what would happen is the, is the, the ladies would have this, uh, this piece about this big around, sometimes a square, sometimes a circle, kind of a meshy type thing, and they would go, and as needed, they would take this wheat, kernels, put it into this, uh, the word here is, the, the, y'all know what I'm talking about? A sieve, am I saying it right? S-I-E-V-E. Yeah. Sieve, a sieve. Yeah, you know, I didn't watch the Little House on the Pray a whole lot. Anyway, so, but, <laughs> i was supposed to be funny. I to be funny. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. Is that the right show? No, 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 okay. Oh, my bad. That's the, <laughs> that's the Walmart people. Anyway, so, um, so you have this sieve. I'm gonna call it a sifter. Matter of fact, um, what made me think of this when I was studying for this is me and Daniel and and, uh, Daniel and I and several guys went to um, to the Philippines. When I first came, this is like 14 years ago. When I first came and we were building a church over in the Philippines, and um, and they had this they had this these two pegs in the ground, these two poles in the ground, and a crossbar, and they had these wires that hung down, and it held this, like, uh, two-foot-wide by about three-foot-wide board or or frame with a mesh in it, and you would scoop sand into it, and then one person would just sit there and shake it, and he would sip the sand to have a pure sand to work with, right? And since I burnt my hand on really hot soup like a big dork, right, um... (laughs) That was my job for the week because I could wrap up my hand and instead of carrying all these heavy bricks and all this kind of stuff, I could sit there and I could sift. And I sifted and I sifted and I sifted. And then I cursed sifting. How many of y'all been there? <laughs> anyway, so and I sifted and sifted. And that's what, what they would do is they because when you swept up that grain off the threshing floor, there might be little pebbles. There might be the finer particles of leftover stock. And so before you crush that wheat kernel into flour, it needs to be sifted one more time. Somebody say amen. amen. So that, that scythe, and they would sit there and they would sift it. Now, this is where discernment comes into play. The sifting is where you need to know who's doing the sifting. We've been separated. We've been, we've been threshed. We've been winnowed. And now we're being sifted. But not all sifting is God. Sometimes sifting is the enemy, specifically. Remember, Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you, but don't worry, I've prayed for you. So not every time that, that something bad is coming up out of the surface of your life, it's God bringing it to the surface. That's a word of wisdom for somebody. Sometimes it's the enemy who's trying to do something in you, Uh, Because he knows it will wreck you, okay? And you just need to trust God. But my point is, is we go through this one more process of sifting. You've come from the field. You've been put into the threshing floor. You've been trampled. You being yourself, your life, your church, the church as a whole. You've been thrown into the air. The wind of the Spirit has blown away the religious stuff. Pharisee. Right, go back to the story, Pharisee. You better show fruits of repentance. In other words, we better see that Christ sifted, that Christ threshed you, right, winnowed you. We better see that the stuff that's on your life has been blown off, and that you 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 become a pure and usable thing. Now. Because these people were smart and because they weren't like us lazy people in, the, in, the, in these days and times, the byproduct, I'm preaching for you right now for a second, okay? The byproduct of that uh, winnowing, you'd have this dried up stocky stuff, right? They would also gather it, and they would put it together. And here's the thing, when they went and whenever you finally sieved, Right? sieved, whatever, Siva, 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 siva. right? Whenever you sifted that wheat for the final time, put it in a, a, a bowl, crushed it one more time, ground it into flour. Did I don't know what you do to make bread. You add some kind of liquid and you start making it into a, a dough and then you've got to do what? Put it in a oven to bake it. And they needed that oven to get hot fast. And so what they would do is they would take the byproduct, that, that stalk, and they would use it as a fire starter, shove it in the oven, and get it popping hot fast. Here's what I'm trying to say. Some of the stuff God has blown off of your life, some of the stuff God has, uh, as a church, God has blown off our life. As America, God has blown off our life. We think it's just gone and done, but actually... God uses that, and it puts us in the fire. Hmm. And we'll, we're sitting here wondering, when will this thing ever go away? But one last product, that thing that God's blowing off of your life, is to be used as a fire to bake you in his crucible, yes. in his oven. Uh, by the way, the Holy Spirit, verse about uh, 11, he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. fire. So, God uses the fire to take this process from the wheat field to the threshing, to the uh, winnowing, to the siving, sieving, sifting, to the crushing in a bowl, to be made into a flour, to be kneaded, to be processed, to be put into a pan, to be burned. And we think it as burning, but in this situation, I'm I'm preaching this as here we are being baked. In other words, what I'm trying to say is God will even use what you think is your enemy to process you into something usable. You understand what I'm saying to you? Whatever you think the situation is, your enemy, and I always wish this thing would leave me alone. God will even use that to process you into something edible. So real quickly, Sherry. I want you to grab somebody. And I want you to pass out. I had I called Sherry up this week, and I said, I'm going to preach a sermon about bread. Will you make some homemade bread and pass it out real fast? So Sherry made homemade bread last night, and she's going to pass it out, because here's the point of my message. All of this, from the wheat field, y'all with me? From the wheat field to the threshing floor, to the winnowing, to the sifting, to the Through the kneading, to the baking, through the fire process, all of this was be to made into bread. And what is the bread for? Look at look at me. The bread's not even for our personal sustenance. Here's what I want to say to this church specifically. We have been such, we've been through such a process. Somebody say amen. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't even identify with what it means to be a wheat stalk anymore. Does that make sense? I don't even know what that feels like anymore. I feel like I've been trampled. Yeah? Yep. feel like I've been sifted. Feel like I've been thrown into the air. Come to the ground. No, again. No, no, no. Again, right? Again. Whoosh, right? This gone. This gone. Where did that go? What, what's going on here? Right? Can you imagine what it's like to be tossed and tossed and tossed and tossed? Some of you can Some of you know exactly what it means to be tossed and tossed and tossed. And some of you have been in a process where, man, I didn't, I I thought this would just be a peaceful, smooth, loving thing. No, 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 no. You've been crushed and and thrown and winded and, 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 you see what I'm saying? And all that to bring us to a process of, Chester, look at me, look at me. This is important for you to understand. Where are we at right now? This is where I believe. Again, 2023 holds in store for this church, specifically, hopefully for the church abroad. We are finally at a place where God is turning us into something that we can share with the world. Yes. That they would taste and see oh, say that. Yes. that the Lord is good. Yes. I, Look at me. There's, there's been people who've been prophesying for for years now. The church is the church, the body of Christ is dead, or it's never going to be the same. And there might be some truth to some of those things. But here's what I'm saying to you: I think that for the last few years, the church as a whole—not just this church, but the church as a whole—had been going through a process to get to this point. So, how many of y'all have bread? Raise your hand. if You got that bread. We're not taking communion, but this is going to be a, a spiritual thing. Now, now uh, Sherry, let me have peace real fast. Now, some of y'all on a no bread diet, uh, we prayed the calories off this. What do y'all, what do y'all, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. What do y'all, what do y'all, tell me, describe this bread to me. It's warm. Y'all smelled that yet? <laughs> Praise to the Lord of God of heaven. The br- it's warm. It smells good. How many of y'all would really like to eat this right now? Yeah. Praise God. Oh my goodness. This Hold up for a second. Hold up for a second. Y'all keep, just don't eat the bread yet. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> this is so cool. This is so cool. I told you this is a prophetic message. I literally just I literally just got a download on something. This is insane. My favorite thing to put on bread like this is honey. Yes. I love honey. How many of y'all um, how many of y'all are getting hungry? Okay, praise God. This is so this is so cool. Since the time look at me. Since the time that we have moved to the armory, God keeps talking to me about honey. I didn't even think about it until this moment right now. God keeps talking to me about honey. I have had two people, both of them are here today, I've had two people in this church. I've been here for January 1, this would be 14 or 15 years, 14 years. It's been a long time. And in 14 to 15 years, I've never had anybody bring me homegrown, fresh honey. And in the, since the time that I've been here, I've had two different people randomly show up and just give me jars of honey. You with me? <laughs> and the Lord keeps talking about that the sweetness of this thing and the honey that's in this thing. I'm not trying to freak anybody out. I don't want you to get too worked up. There is literally... Almost a hundred percent chance that there is honey in the walls of this building. Oh, how cool. The cool. reason I say that is because there's a beehive living in the back where the where the guys have Sunday school. Anyway, um, so <laughs> and, and we've been trying to figure out how to get it out. And we can't figure out how to. I've called two different bee professionals. They come over here and they've looked. They've thought, oh, we don't know how to get it out. We know it's there. We can hear them. Matter that fact, Cleegee got a really personal encounter with them one day. Right, Cleegee? And and there's there's almost a certainty that there's honey in the walls of this very property. Oh, my. And the Lord keeps talking about honey. And I've had people bring me honey. How many are prophetic for a second? Okay? And the Lord keeps bringing... And, and, and I've, I've eaten more honey in the last six months than probably all together in my entire life. Every time I have a cup of coffee, honey goes into it. And if you have homemade honey and you're not bringing me some, this coffee is your word. Okay, so my point is this. Is, don't look at people. Daniel, don't look at Daniel. All right. So, so my point is this. Is just now, I, I have this word for, I have this word for this church. We've gone through a process. We've been threshed. We've been winnowed. We've been sifted. We've had the heat of the fire of the byproduct of what God wanted to get off us, bake us in an oven. And we're at a point where God has prepared us and want to put honey on us so that this world, this city, this town may taste and see May taste and see that the Lord is good. Yes, he is. I'm here to say that the church of abroad, there was so much stuff inside of our religion that had to be had to be blown off of us, yes. had to be threshed off of us. We had to be tossed. Right, remember the scripture like like uh, you don't be tossed to and fro, right? About every wind of doctrine. How many of you feel like we've been just tossed around? And I'm here to tell you that there's so, there's been so much of of the church as a whole, and also this church specifically that had been blown off of us that we're finally at a place. And I really believe this. I'm not saying you're never going to have another day where you don't feel the heat of the oven. I'm not saying you're never going to have another day where where a portion of grain comes from the bag into the bowl to be prepared to be baked, right? I'm not saying there's never another struggle. But what I am saying is I believe finally, as far as the other side of the shadow... That we are in a place where God is now able to prune us and make us into something useful for a city, a people, a, 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 a community to taste and see. At the, and, and they will not go, man, that church is really awesome. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> they will go, when they taste, come on right now. Everybody take that bread, take that warm bread. Lord bless the food. Mm-hmm, eat. Missing you Oh, that's going to hurt later. Not really. How many of y'all think this is good? It's amazing. This is good. This ain't, this ain't Brookshire bread. How many of y'all like this? Yes. More. Hear me. Can you believe? that there is a community that would like what we have? Y'all with me? Y'all still eating? As real as this bread is, it's a sustenance. It, It actually, I taste and I go, this is good. What God has made us into is That. There is a people, there is a community that they can eat of what we have been processed through. And they can go, man, the Lord is good. That's what I want to leave this church with, that we have gone through all that to get to here. Not only do we have bread, we've got honey. We've got the sweetness of the Lord. Amen. And we put those things together, and I'm telling you, we can, we can make an impact in this city. Yes, we, can. we can make an impact in this city. But the wheat bread that starts in the field, that gets to this point, well, that doesn't come easy, does it? It's a hard process, but I feel like this is where we are in the process. This is at least where we're going to be soon in this year in the process if we're not there right now. I'm here to tell you, 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 your life, demonstrating the kingdom of God to other people, and people taste of that, and they see your life, and they, and they know the testimony of everything you've been through. You with me? They know the testimony of everything you've been through. When you begin to share what God has done in your life over the last year and two years, three years, and the testimony of what God has done, they're going to taste and they're going to say, God is good. So what is, the, what is the armory? It's an oven. <laughs> it's a bakery. So that's the word I got for you. I'm, I'm kind of happy that I'm not being tossed up in the air. Right? I'm kind of happy not to be a completely sifted. I'm kind of happy to have gone through a process. And I'm on the far side of the shadow, on the other side of it, and I feel like God is baking us into something. You. The sweetness of God on your life. Right? When people taste, when they get around you, their response should be, God tastes good. that makes sense? That's right. This is where we are as a church. Somebody, how many? How many agree with this? This is where we are as a church, Absolutely. amen. Uh, yeah, I, I think I could go through one by one to each family here and just prophesy over you and say, I, "I've seen what you've walked through the last few years. This is where you are now, prepared to be to be given that that people would say the bread of life, amen. People would people would eat. So." I'll leave you with one final thought. Jesus, the man with the winnowing fork. And from now on, if I say where does Jesus look like? Oh, he's the guy with the winnowing fork. Right? We never, ever, ever say that. It's time to start saying that. I leave you with this final thought. Jesus is on a hillside. There's lots of people, and everybody's hungry. I'm here to tell you right now, you may not think it, but everybody's hungry. That world out there that we're so keen to bashing is hungry. The world out there is hungry. Jesus said, uh, let's feed these people. Right? Uh, We can't do that. We have a few loaves of bread and a couple of fishes. And Jesus says to them, remember this this phrase? You give them something to eat. Everybody say it with me. You. You. Now, don't say you. Say me. (laughs) You. Jesus looks at his disciples. He looks at you. He looks at his disciples and says, you give them something to eat. Well, I don't have anything to offer. Then you tell me what that whole process was about. You tell me what that whole process was about if you have nothing to offer. Because you've been crushed. You've been threshed. You've been winnowed. You've been sieved, saved, sifted. You've been through the fire. You've been baked in the oven. You've been processed kneaded, and kneaded. And you have come to something that you can give them something to eat. And I'm telling you one more time. We have moved from the people needing the bread to the people giving the bread. Yes. We've moved from the people needing peace to the people who are peacemakers, making peace where we are. You see what I'm saying? And so this is the year. This is the time where, where, where we are shifting. We look back and we understand the process. I didn't understand the process in the middle of the threshing, right? Didn't understand the process in the middle of the of the winnowing. Why am I being tossed? Why? What is? What is going on, right? But now we can look back and say, I understand the process. I've been prepared. I'm a I'm a more pure product to be turned into what God desires to use. At this point, that I was back then. Uh. I say this in. <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say everybody get baked, but that's not what it sounds like. <laughs> that's not what I mean. I mean, <laughs> anyway, stand up on your feet. Y'all can say Chester. That was ridiculous. Well, Lacey was playing Veggie on the commuter on the, on the piano while you were uh, shaking hands. So that's, yeah. Next week I'm going to preach a sermon. What it means to be spiritual, I want you to be here. I want you to hear it. It's going to be very important. Let's pray one more time before we leave. Father God, we can stand here and look back and say, Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Come on, can you say that this morning? Ooh, thank, you, Jesus. thank you for the process. I didn't understand it all, all the time, but I'm grateful. That you have put me through a process and I recognize that where I am now is useful to the kingdom. Where we as a church are now is useful to the kingdom. May this city taste and see that you are good. May this world taste and see that you are good. You are not done with the church in any part of the planet. You, have, you are not done with the body of Christ or any part of the planet. We have gone through a process, and we are in a position to be, to be uh, uh, feeding people the bread of life. So I pray that, the, that we would go through a revival. I pray that we would go through a season, a time where people taste and see that the Lord is good and that people would come to you because you only you have the words of life. Only you can satisfy their soul. Only you can satisfy their spirit. God, not our programs, not our productions, not our events, but the spirit of God. A people who've been processed, who know how to have, get a hold of God, who know how to get a faith, who know how to, who know how to be purified. Only they can offer the kingdom to people. So I pray in the name of Jesus that this city would taste and see. Yes. I pray that this church would grow, not in a sense of just numerical, not in just in a sense of, of just more people attending, but that, 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 that this church would be fruitful, that we would bear the fruit of repentance, that we wouldn't try to return to the things you sifted out of our life. That we wouldn't try to go back to the things that you crushed out of our hearts. But God, that you used it to bake us and God, we are in a position that that the fruit of it will become evident this year in Jesus' name, I pray it. That the fruit of what we've gone through starts to manifest. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We will see it. We thank you for the bread. We say... We've tasted and we declare you are good. Amen. Amen. Yes. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Yes. Come on. Jesus said, gather up the fragments that Amen. Come on. Yes. Yes. So, Father God, we declare. We declare that even the dogs eat the crumbs off the tables. Whoa, come on. Every person who's been labeled a dog in this city, come to the table of the Lord where you can eat the crumbs of the bread. We prophesy over our city. Every person who's been labeled a dog, you're welcome to this table where you can have the crumbs. In the name of Jesus, we will see the fruit. We will see the fruit. In Jesus' name, everybody in agreement, say, Amen. I love you. You have a wonderful day. I will see you next week.